competitive games, but because I don't really do like competitive online much anymore, I just, I really like a good controller, you know? I, I think the Xbox 360 controller is my favorite. Yeah, I like that they do their uh, Elite Pro or whatever that you can use with your PC, and it's uh, it's really nice and durable, comfortable. Well, we should talk about this live. We're live. We are live? Oh, yeah, dude. We're hot and ready. Oh, sweet. Fresh out the kitchen, daddy. Well, well shit. Okay, what is what is your favorite controller? Well, okay, so here's the deal. is um, I had a PlayStation 2 for a long time. And so I was for a long time really used to the DualShock uh, mm-hmm. topology, and then I oh, yeah. also had an Xbox 360, and they're really not that different. They're not different enough for me to get upset over one or the other. And then um, when COVID started, my in-laws had this extra PlayStation 3, and so yeah. I've been playing Apex Legends on it, and I, I prefer playing Apex Legends on my PC because it's it's outfitted better for it, but it's... Uh, Sometimes if I'm streaming Apex Legends and I come out of a lobby, it'll crash my stream, like the network thing. Uh, And it may be figured out by now with, you know, because I try to keep my uh, graphics card up to date on its drivers and whatnot. Yeah. But so I I got used to that. So my go to right now is a DualShock 3. Mm -hmm. Um, No, 4. Right. I grew up playing PlayStation 2 after Nintendo 64, and then my wife had a 3, and I played some of that. And then, no, this is a PlayStation 4. We're up to the 5 now? Yeah. Okay, so the 5 is the most contemporary. If I was going to go out, though, and buy a controller for playing controller on my PC, I'd buy the the latest Xbox One, probably. Yeah. Um, I played a lot of Halo 2 back in the day, oh, and yeah. uh, so I, I really like the, it's just natural, it's just everything's where it's supposed to be. The Nintendo controllers, like I have the Pro Controller for my Switch. Yeah. But like, where, you know, your right thumb buttons are, like, it would be like triangle, square, or like X, Y, and A, B, or whatever. Just, the my instinct on those, it's flipped on Nintendo. Like, the positive affirmation button is is the opposite that you would think it would be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, So that's, you know, I'm living with that. Barry, do you want to start the show? Yeah. Guys, welcome back to Jacob V Weekly. First show of the new year, January 7th. Not so bad. Not as long as I thought we'd go. 2022. We want to start the show by inviting you to check out Caddyshack of New Hamill, Illinois. Caddyshack IL on Facebook. Totally nonprofit cat rescue, family owned and lovingly operated. Uh, they have calendars for the new year. They're sending me one. I'll be sure to show you that as soon as it shows up. And um, that's the only uh, third party we try to, to promote on this show, at least thus far, until I hear back from Lion's Choice. Lion's Choice. Uh, if you want to support the show directly, you can check us out on patreon.com slash Jacob V, J-A-C-O-B-V-I. And we post all sorts of extra stuff there. We had a lot of really exciting posts at the end of last year. We just launched Patreon in August. We've been getting new followers every week. And uh, we don't have any merch or anything yet. It'll be announced there first. Pre-order will go live on Patreon first as we have merch uh, launching. And I've been learning about that process. So uh, hang tight. It's coming. I haven't forgotten about you. And uh, Patreon.com, it's $4 a month is the uh, entry uh, level. And for that, you get access to our entire archive of different uh, types of either exclusive releases, previews, or uh, lossless quality access to uh, all my, uh, sorry, lossless quality audio from all of the Jacob V and Too Deep and Momza releases from over the years. Uh, I was just at practice with Blinded by Stereo. We have a new full-length album, tape, available anywhere you buy music digitally, and that vinyl pressing is forthcoming. Supply chain is fucked up. And Billie Eilish wants 13 different colors of her latest records. So printing is taking a long time, but stay tuned for that. <laughs> it's on. It's seriously, the, the problem <clears throat> is... Bo Burnham wants a yellow vinyl at Target and a black one everywhere else. And Adele wants five different versions. Each store has a different version of Adele's latest record, and it's messing up the vinyl pressing because it's a good gift. If you know your daughter likes Adele's, like, fuck it, get her the vinyl. It's 30 bucks. It's Everyone loves it. Yeah. And uh, and for diehard fans, they probably buy all of them. And um, 
And so that's part of the thing is, oh, sell them multiple copies of the same record. It's ingenious, but we just haven't adjusted. The market hasn't corrected yet. So Blinded by Stereo, Spotify, Apple Music. Also, my new band, No Antics, has a new single just dropped on New Year's Day called Withdrawals. That's No Space Antics. Withdrawals is the new song. There's going to be like a new song every month from them for the first half of this year. Videos are coming. Merchandise is coming. Our first show was supposed to be on my birthday in a week from now, but with COVID and everything that may be getting rescheduled, I'm almost certain that one is getting moved. So stay tuned. It's the name of the game. That's why I wanted to do a podcast because everything I was supposed to be doing this weekend is kind of getting shuffled around. Barry, do you have any material you're promoting right now? I know we're working on some things. You know, uh, not actually yet. So I, I actually just sat down the other day and really worked out a plan. And it was kind of one of those things where it's like, well, I really need like art to like <laughs> you know, pair with the songs yeah. I'm making, don't I? So I have a logo in the works. Well, I'll uh, I'll let everyone know. You can find Ground Control, a band that I joined uh, that Barry had been in for a long time. There is some really great material out there from ground control uh i think mars was the last ep or was that a full-length album uh I, it was I, it's like 30 minutes so okay probably not. yeah so <laughs> it's it's somewhere in between it's an lp light we'll call it it's a maxi yeah. single brother it's a, it's a rock but opera. mars by ground control really great quality i love a lot of those songs and riffs and some of the vocal performances are really great so if you um if you want to check out what barry's up to i would go start there and then that'll lead you to where we're going favorite songs uh I make these in the McDonald's drive-thru. Every month we have Jacob V's favorite songs on Spotify. It's a monthly playlist. Uh, it's really good this month so far. Got a head start. We got some fucking jams on that one. Um, and I think that's all the plugs we have. Patreon, Caddyshack, No Antics, Blinded by Stereo, favorite songs on Spotify. Wow. You know, I was talking to uh, a good f- friend of the show and my dear sweet cousin, um, she goes by animated geek on Instagram. And I was talking to her about the idea of doing an NFT. And I thought this would be a great conversation to start the show with because she raised some really good points that I had not yet considered and that I would love to sort of work out uh, emotionally. Barry, what do you know about NFTs? Um, I know that it means non-fungible token. And and what that <laughs> means for the layperson, right? Because I got this question a lot today. An NFT is indeed a digital image that is uh, bought and uh, sold uh, on a blockchain, like uh, a blockchain right. being, you know, um, the crypto space where you might find Ethereum or Bitcoin or Doge. Right. So that's all on a blockchain. And one thing that I've learned about the blockchain is each Bitcoin transaction, for example, is documented in an encrypted code that basically identifies a Bitcoin transaction at a moment in time. And, you know, that's the data that's living uh, protected in the blockchain space. And so an NFT, what you do is you take a digital image that you've created. It could be a digital picture of myself, or it could be something much more elaborate, right? And I read a great article about Paris Hilton's uh, Ethereum Queen uh, piece that she sold recently, and that's kind of how I learned about some of this stuff. So um, so what I would do if I wanted to sell an NFT, say we wanted to sell something from the show, from Jacob V. Weekly as an NFT, I would take a digital image, and I would mint it. In Ethereum, meaning I would pay a fee to enter that digital image into the Ethereum blockchain, and then that transaction would live on the blockchain as a, as a non-fungible, non-forgeable right, right uh, uh, item in that space. Right. Right? So it's like if I, if I sell a real fucking Mona Lisa... There's only one of those, and experts can really look at it and, and, and look at, is it correct to the period? Is everything the way it's known to be? And so it's the same idea, but it's happening in this secure blockchain space. Right? Right. So it, I... Th- go ahead. I, was, I just don't understand why some of the, these NFTs are becoming so valuable. Because they're a document of the beginning of this new medium. It's like, um, you know, if you had one of the first, it's like, okay, 
we just talked about the Nintendo Switch. I bought the Nintendo Switch to play Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. When they launched the Nintendo Switch, they were having such trouble keeping up with the manufacturing for the demand that they actually oh, yeah. sold more copies of that game than there were at the time Nintendo Switches in existence. Wow. So they say they made a million Nintendo Switches. They sold like 1.1 million copies of Breath of the Wild. So like 100,000 kids got two copies that Christmas. Whoa. And why were we talking about that? NFTs. But why? What did you just say? I said, why are they so valuable? Oh, so it's like the first time a a thing happens, you're going to remember certain pieces of... uh, certain pieces of evidence of that. Like when I think about DVDs, I always think about the matrix because that was one of the first movies I owned on DVD, right? It was one of the first movies that was right, right in that time where, you know, you wanted the better picture quality because all the crazy camera work. And it was just at a time where DVDs had been around for a couple of years, but they were just really becoming commonplace in people's homes. Right. Um, I heard somebody the other day saying they saw Jaws on Betamax because that was (laughs) just the timing. They had that option at that time. You know what I mean? So, you know, the uh, and CDs, I can think of the same way. Some of the first CDs I bought were very specific to that era. And so I think when you look at like the silly monkeys that are being sold as NFTs, these little doodles of monkeys this guy does. I don't know that people are just so in love with those monkeys as much as, oh, this is a recognizable symbol of this new medium, this new art form. Very interesting. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the Les Paul is a model of a guitar that is sort of synonymous with the electric guitar because as the electric guitar was getting popular, that was the one of the most iconic examples of an electric guitar. Not because it was just a great guitar though. I mean, a lot of people like those. You have a pretty cool one. I like the gold hardware on yours. Um, Not just because it was a a nice guitar. There were other nice guitars being made, but it was a nice guitar being used by the right people at the right time. Slash. So (laughs) if you think, Oh, this is the, I mean, you know, and they were saying uh, Bitcoin was never going to hit 60,000. And now it kind of hovers in between 50 and 60 kind of regularly. And they're talking about it going to half a million. And, but when Bitcoin was worth $800 a piece, nobody thought that, right? That's why it was only $800 a piece. You know what I mean? Right. And so it's the same thing as that, like, oh, um, it's like buying a house. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Most of the the value of my uh, nest egg over the course of my career or whatever you want to call it is the equity in my house. That's where I put a lot of it. Mm -hmm. Because I know that as long as I don't mess it up and something terrible doesn't happen in the neighborhood, that it's going to grow in value, right? right? Especially in this market that we're in. And and it already has. There's already been some marginal growth in my, my home value. So if I buy a painting for a million dollars, you may think, oh my God, who would ever pay a million dollars for a painting? How are you ever going to be able to get that back? And then you look and a couple of years later, it's growing in that value. Right. And so mm-hmm. I think that's the attraction of NFTs that they're like, okay, people are really into crypto. They want a decentralized financial instrument. And uh, one of the ways that we can interact with and, and grow the crypto infrastructure is artwork. And, you know, I know that this NFT is one of a kind because of the, the data that, that is uh, documented from the transaction that, in, that is encrypted and non. So you could share a picture of the NFT. Right. But that's not the product itself. Like I can look up a really beautiful scan or iPhone picture or whatever of the Mona Lisa, but I'm not selling that picture for the same price as I would the product itself. Right. And so it's easier for picture people to picture that in a, in a physical space, but the blockchain is just an extension of the deepening of the digital world. And so I understand that it sounds like ridiculous that someone would spend millions of dollars on a piece of art that I could just take a screenshot of, but that's not the whole product. The whole product is this is the original product minted into this blockchain. And it's a part of this financial infrastructure. It's so I just, just imagine trying to explain this to somebody like even 50 years ago. 
Um, it would be or such- this afternoon, I tried to explain it to my mom and my aunts at, oh, yeah. at Bluewood Brewing. Shout out, Bluewood. And uh, they had gone to see my brother at work, and I was out running around for a friend of mine that I mentioned to you earlier. And so I decided to stop by and say hi. And then I was, you know, my aunt was there. So I said, oh, I was just talking to your daughter about uh, doing an NFT. And my cousin expressed that a lot of artists, especially independent small artists, are sort of weary of NFTs. And there's ways in which they find them to be destructive to their mediums. And not because they're digital. A lot of these artists make beautiful digital things, my cousin included. But that um, it's sort of more, it seems to be more about the financial vehicle than it is about the art itself. Right. Which I guess makes sense. You know, like if you really love architecture, it probably gets on your nerves that other factors like school districts affect building value so much. Right. Right. If you just really love beautiful homes and properties, it's probably annoying to you that the school district has such an effect on the price of that property. Right. And so I think a lot of artists right now are frustrated that, Oh, there's this fucking finance bro trend where now they're trying to grow their investment in their new financial toy with, you know, what they're saying is a valuable art form. But when I'm selling something on Etsy, they don't give a fuck. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's part of the vibe. And so that's something I want to be open to and, uh, and have that conversation about, uh, if you know anything about NFTs and you want to fucking chip in on the show, uh, email us at a fucking Jacob V weekly at gmail.com, or you can call the show. It's three, one, four, six, three, two, six, six, zero, two. That's a voicemail for the show. Um, NFTs. My brain hurts now. Fuck. Yeah. There's a lot. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing a good job of starting to understand that shit. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, God, yeah. it hurts my head. I feel like I was just eating a fucking concrete. <laughs> Which in, I don't know if that's a, a common term. You understand a concrete as a blended ice cream uh, treat, <laughs> yeah. right? Some people don't know what that is. Apparently, apparently, people all over the country don't necessarily do float trips like we do here. Oh, like we do in Missouri? Yeah, you've been on float trips, right? Where you oh. get drunk and and slide down the river, and and I, it's usually I rafts. Have, it used to have to be canoes. I have a wonderful experience of one of my first like float trips oh really oh yeah so we're coming around the bend in the river where what river let's think it was the the who okay fun oh yeah yeah. who saw honey (laughs) yes girl um so we're coming around the bend and i'm still pretty young i'm like with my family and stuff like that so you know it's not like adult float trip for me quite yet but I got a glimpse into that when we come around the bend in sure. the river and in the distance, I start to hear the music and it's thunderstruck by ACDC thunderstruck! and just my mom loves ACDC, the ACDC oh, on a float trip. That could have been my mom. Oh, it was great. And there's like, and this part of the river, just everyone decided to stop. You know how people do. And they just, you know, set up shop, start drinking, playing that Frisbee with the beer on the pole and the water game and the, all that stuff. And but then it's the beginning of the song and everybody stops what they're doing and just starts going, thunder. Yeah. It's like a fucking, that's like pulling up on Bohemian Grove or some shit. It was, it was like, it's like, mom, what are these me. people doing? And they're fucking singing thunderstruck hammered on a sand barge. Yeah, exactly that. When and I was a kid that my parent, people, my parents age, that was like the epitome of a good time was a fucking float trip. I love float trips. Oh, we dropped a frame. Oh, God. Oh, no. We should be okay. It's all right. No, it's fine. Um, That is a great memory. What did you eat on a float trip? We always got grocery store fried chicken. Ooh, that'd oh, that'd be good. When you're fucking floating down um, the river and you can bite into a cold piece of fried chicken, dog. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo, girl. I feel like I've always done, like, sandwiches. You know, nothing yeah. fancy, just like a good sandwich, though. When you're because that's the thing, being outside in the sun, in the water, you get hungry. Oh yeah, it's hard. This would be a great time for a live for Lion's Choice. You could bring Lion's Choice on a float trip. You could. You put that shit in your cooler. But I've literally never contacted them. I just for some reason keep thinking they'll call me. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> you just roll through the drive-through. Tell them. About, like, hey, about can you. I get two king beef and Swiss? 
And do you guys sponsor podcasts? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Do you guys sponsor pie? I host a show. Maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> I like your beef. Like your beef. Um, really good beef. Why are we talking about flow trips? I don't know. It's just like the so, very oh, because Midwest like thing, right? yeah. So like frozen custard is sort of a Midwestern thing. I think they have it everywhere now. And a concrete is a blended frozen custard treat with like, you know, I like uh yeah, like peanut butter cups or some shit. I got a fucking caramel fucking thing the other day, dog girl. Stop. That sounds so good. Oh, we should probably go get ice cream. Um <laughs> new St. Louis St. Louis County mask mandate because everyone got COVID over the holidays, and apparently the governor's gonna sue. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. The governor apparently is really anti-mask mandate and is maintaining that they're unconstitutional. And the county is like, well, you guys were all sucking on grandma, sharing lollipops on Christmas. You all got COVID. <laughs> so now you need your fucking mask on at Lion's Choice. And now the governor's mad. And so it's a real anything goes out there thing still. That's been a problem in St. Louis this whole time is that different factions of government have different feelings about mask mandates. And so they're always in a state of flux. And people are always suing people over, like, I shouldn't have to wear a mask at Chick-fil-A. 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 I don't don't even mind the masks. I don't mind it. I wear them to be polite. Sometimes if I see the employees aren't wearing them, I'm I'm okay with taking them off. But like at 7-Eleven today, I went to cash in some scratchers tickets because that's my job now. And the uh, and they weren't wearing them, but they were behind plexiglasses. I just kept mine on just to be polite. Even if I'm the only one wearing it, it's not because I'm a libtard and I'm, I don't tell other people they have to wear them. I'm not going to get in somebody's face, but I wear it just to be polite, just to make sure that I'm not the one making somebody uncomfortable. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it, too. It's just, you know, try to be polite. But whenever. apparently people are not as um, nuanced on the issue as us, Barry. National Enquirer. Now, when I was a kid, you would stand in line at Venture or Target or wherever, and while you were waiting to check out your groceries, they had these fucking dog shit magazines full of nothing but gossip. And I was standing in line at Walgreens the other day, and I was like, I didn't even know they still made these. Because it's like TMZ. It's like online now. Right? So I didn't even think right. people needed the thing. So I was like, well, I'm not buying that. But it was only like $4. So I said, okay, you know what? For the podcast, let's see what's going on in the fake news. This is fake news before we had fake news. We also used to have the <laughs> weekly world news, which was black and white. And it was mostly like this thing up here. Caught on camera, Air Force pilot tangles with nine UFOs. What? We'll read that one today. Reality pervs prison hell. Josh, Josh Duggar marked for death. <laughs> Oh no. Uh see for yourself inside. Is Pat Sajak losing his marbles? <laughs> and then the reason I bought it was this cover story here. Uh frantic final push to save the monarchy. Dying Queen's deathbed decrees. What's the fuck? Charles forced to retire. William wins the throne. Harry and Meghan banned, and Andrew scores big payday. Betty White cheats our husband. R.I.P. to Betty White. <laughs> and uh uh, thank you for being a friend. So I wanted to just kind of see what's going on in the world of fake news. Is that um, is that all that is? I, well, I mean, that's the thing. It's always like a source close to the family says, and half the time it's not even real. And they find like the worst pictures of people that they own. And why are trees being killed? It's gossip. For that. It's a gossip rag. People buy this shit. I'm probably part of the problem right now. Yeah, you did. Let's buy look at it. this. Uh, explosive. Oh, hold on. Dying queen <laughs> lays down the law. Lays down the law. Explosive edicts handcuffed Charles, Mary, and Meghan to save monarchy. As dying queen Elizabeth confronted her final days, the determined 95-year-old monarch issued explosive royal decrees to save the monarchy, settle old scores, and shape the future to her own liking. Nice. And it just says... Um, and, and palace employees told the National Enquirer. Or, I mean, it doesn't legitimize any of its claims. It just kind of vaguely says, somebody told us! And I, she's not dead, right? I mean, that's the thing. I didn't even know she was sick. And they're acting like she's dying. She's probably not even actually dying. I didn't know she was 95, though. I mean, you're not not dying at 95. Uh, yeah, I don't know what you're doing at 95. 
Oh, let's see. Uh, Her Majesty isn't certain her family is up to the job of guiding Britain for the next 100 years, a high-ranking royal aide said. She's not convinced her heirs have the will, skill, or character to do it right, so the queen's bound them in shackles that will survive long after she goes to the grave. Oh. Uh, She's been through a series of troubling health crises this month. She summoned her ranking members of the firm and blood relatives for a no-nonsense summit at uh, Sandringham, according to Royal Insiders. During the meeting, the queen unloaded on them all, a source said, issuing a list of shocking decrees that include her son, Prince Charles, now 73, will rule only until his 80th birthday. And he'll be forced to then give the crown to his own son, Prince William, and his wife, Kate, which is which is good news for them. Something we've always conjectured about. Charles hated spouse Camilla will never be crowned queen as a result of her disgraceful behavior as the Prince of Wales married mistress. What? Royal renegades, Prince Harry, wife Meghan, and their children are stripped of all royal titles and banished forever. What? These are even like listed in bullet points here. I love this. Banished forever! <laughs> Her Majesty is furious. The Sussexes have used their kids as pawns in their revenge crusade against the royal family. Blah. blah. I mean, they killed his mother. Can you blame him? Ooh. I mean, yeah. I don't know anything about the royal family me neither i don't really give a shit i i don't either uh, where's the thing about the ufos yeah here we go ufo squadron caught on camera barry yes we got the proof we need right here there it is oh i found a guy we need to talk to by the way if he's still alive give me a minute oh let's go i'm really good at finding people on the internet oh that's see that's a skill i need my buddy jeff is really good at that but he's sort of living off the grid right now so he's hard to get a hold of i actually took a a class in college and one of our assignments is we got paired with like a partner and we were just supposed to dig up as much like stuff on the other as just as much as we can and then present it (laughs) which is kind of messed up (laughs) it's amazing yeah it was awesome uh augusta u.s military pilot came eyeball to eyeball with a squadron of ufos in the latest extra extraterrestrial encounter to baffle pentagon scientists oh shocking video which is not in the magazine because it's a magazine. This is why we don't do magazines. There's not even any video. Oh, you know about the aliens. Um, mm. So NASA supposedly, or maybe, no, I, I, I did read it. They hired 24 priests of like different faiths to offer guidance uh, on how the public will react to to yeah to extraterrestrials. I saw that. I didn't realize they were all faith based people, but I saw that number and yeah. saw that that project was happening, which yeah. is great. I mean, it's I mean, you know, you got to let the cat out of the bag. Yeah. Well, I think it's they must be pretty confident about what the information and data that we'll gather from the new James Webb Space Telescope. Um, which you know, launch was good. They've been making their steady steps towards. You know, being able to take steady some act- stepping, steady stepping, opening up them them solar wings and all that other cool stuff and junk. Now, get me some pictures of some aliens. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a guy I heard about that apparently he was telling a friend of mine that he lived in this shit town in New Hampshire because the government put him there because he knows too much. And so he's not allowed to live, I guess, somewhere where people would listen to him. And he was saying that if you want to achieve hyperspeed, all you need is the engine out of a MiG-15 and a Sasquatch. And a Sasquatch. Swat. And then I watched that Lex Friedman podcast with uh, <laughs> the guy, the the Navy pilot who encountered the, the Tic Tac. Oh, yeah. That, that Got deep on that. Yeah, I was watching some stuff about that the other day. I And that was very interesting. Well, I mean, and that's all documented and stuff, too. Like, yeah, the video's been out for years. I mean, that was like 2008 that that happened. Well, right, and it's it's very, like, it was very much so just... And it wasn't like here and gone. It was like they followed it for a long time. Well, yeah, it's just like, wh- what is that? And if it's not extraterrestrials, then are they terrestrials? Which would be even weirder. There's that. I don't know. 
you know how we talk about like the ancient civilizations and stuff it's like what if some of them survived and the, and they're the greys you know oh what if it's a, a an advanced subsect of humanity yeah it's like it's the atlanteans or something mm. you know i I love that. You know, like there's all these mysterious points on like on the on the grid, like the what what's the uh Bermuda Triangle and stuff sure. like that. Things always disappearing. I don't know. Some of these objects are seem said to like just go straight into the ocean. Right. I mean, <clears throat> we don't really know well, all that's that interesting. Much about the oceans. What that's they- the thing. I mean, we need to figure out the ocean. Get some of the trash out of there and find me some of them secrets, girl. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Who's with me? I'm with you. Find me Godzilla. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, maybe don't disturb Godzilla. Yeah, let him down there. Let him be him. Yeah. Let him do his thing. Unless Thanos be, like, coming over here. I think Godzilla would help us out. Against Thanos? Yeah. Well, yeah, Godzilla versus Thanos. That sounds like a like a cheap arcade game. God, yeah. I'm the, okay with that, as long as Godzilla Do you remember the wins. old, like, X-Men arcade game? Oh yeah. Oh, that was a jam. Yeah. It was a lot like the Simpsons arcade game. Oh yeah, I played that too. They have that at Updown. Of course they do. They have some good stuff. They over have there. this like yeah. four four by like Pac-Man thing, like a Pac-Man battle royale where you play like four people what? and you sit around it. It's a lot of fun. You know, I miss all the like the light gun kind of games, like House Time of the Crisis. Dead, Time Crisis. Time Crisis Time was Crisis. the jam. I dumped so much money into Time oh. Crisis at Ronnie's movie theaters arcade, oh, which is same. so funny. I have a story about them. I love the Ronnies. Um, the theater chain that owns Ronnie sells the rest of the plaza, so they are maintaining ownership over um, Marcus Theaters, who bought Ronnie's a number of years ago. Nice. It used to be Warenberg when I was a kid. Right. Same. And uh, so they sold a bunch of that plaza, a bunch of the uh, the space in that like mall. It's like uh, it's like an open air mall, like a yeah. shopping center type place. Right. Apparently, they're keeping the theater at least for now, but they sold off uh, all the spaces they own around it. I wonder what that means for the Waffle House over there. Oh yeah. Well, I, I hope that theater stays. I I love that theater. Yeah, it's. I mean, I've seen countless movies there. Oh, same. I skipped school in high school two years in a row to go watch like the Hobbit movies when the next one was coming out. So the first year they did it, they played the first one, and then the second one was the new one, and then the year after they played all three in a row. Yeah, I went to Saw Fest when like Saw Five oh, yeah. or Seven came out, where we watched all of them all like all afternoon and yeah. evening, and then at midnight watched the brand new one. Yeah, I that love was that. crazy. I love that stuff. <clears throat> I saw. They did the Hateful Eight and 70 millimeter there. Oh, nice. I saw that. I dropped my wife off at the airport to go out of town somewhere and then went there by myself to eat. I probably had three buckets of popcorn. Oh, that's awesome. You get the big one with the free refills. Oh, yeah. Um, 70 million. Time crisis, though. Oh, yeah. That's the way I used to play that there. We get to a movie like two hours early so we could hang out in the arcade. Oh, yeah. And, and shit. And. I think that one used to also have the, uh, it might still have it. It's like a roller coaster simulator thing that like spins and shit. The one I love they had in there was, it was kind of like Time Crisis. It was the shooting um, Jurassic Park though. Oh, dude. You get into the big thing that looked like the Jurassic Park Jeep and you close the curtain. Yeah. That game was hard and expensive. Yes, it was. It was really fun, though. And then at Chuck E. Cheese, when I was a kid, they had the Star Wars thing like that where you sit in a big chair. And you yeah. have the thing, and you'd like fly around Hoth, and that's awesome. Yeah, that was, those were the days. And I think the reason why games like that and Guitar Hero and stuff haven't continued to grow with games is I think the the extra accessories are kind of prohibitive. Yeah, people I, really like not having to have extra stuff, and I think those really raise costs, and and it's hard to keep the quality where it needs to be. It really is, yeah. Like supply chain right now, no one's thinking about let's do Guitar Hero again. No, I think our Guitar Hero was awesome for its time, but like, I mean, I I don't want to own like those drums or the the guitars anymore. Where am I going to put them? I have like real yeah, guitars and shit. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, <gasps> Guitar Hero 2 and Guitar Hero 3 though Those were probably like I think I played 3 a lot I played 3 quite a bit What was on 3? Um, Like 
Devil Went Down to Georgia, yeah. uh, Through the Fire and the Flames, uh, One was on there. But Metallica. Um, yeah. Um, oh, what was it? Trogdor! Yeah. <laughs> Trogdor. That was one of the hidden tracks. Um, yeah, I like quit playing guitar for six months. It was just playing Guitar Hero. Oh, yeah. I can't. Dang, now that we've been talking about it. <laughs> I, I probably got one up there somewhere. I think I've got one at my parents' house. I have like a whole gaming museum in my goth loft. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's cold up there right now, though. I have to put my coat on to go look for Guitar Hero. Oh, man. You want to, like, whisper? Yeah. We could, like, whisper a whole bunch. Yeah. Hey, did you ever play the original Doom game? Oh, yeah. OG Doom. Yeah, dude. I have it. I have the red cartridge. Oh, no way. That's super valuable. Yeah, dude. Isn't it? I'm sure it is. Like the gold ocarina of time was one that yeah. was like, that was a jam. I have the yellow donkey Kong. I got a blue James Bond game. I think it was the world is not enough. Oh yeah. 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 Which is a hard game to figure out what you're supposed to do. It wasn't as fluid as like Goldeneye. Oh, Goldeneye. Do you know the, the pause? I think, um, theme for that. I think, uh, what was the one in between Goldeneye and the world is not enough? Is it, um, tomorrow? I can't remember. Tomorrow something. The other Pierce Brosnan yeah. one. Yeah. Something tomorrow. And that game was like third person. It was like dog shit. It's like, I'm not playing this game. I'm not playing. I don't want to see James Bond. I want to be James Bond. <laughs> That's the thing I like about super people. That's that new BR in the um, Unreal Engine. Yeah. I, and you could choose between third and first person. Yeah, I've seen that. I think there is an advantage to the third when you're doing mouse and keyboard. I think it flows a little better. But I'm still so used to the controller for a first-person shooter, so I prefer first-person mode, but it's... I don't know. So why is... Okay. Why is ba the Battle Royale form of a game well, I think so it's, huge One, because it's free. Okay. Because, yeah. you know, everything that you can pay up to get is not a um, in-game sort of advantage, like how it might be in Call of Duty. Like, when you play Call of Duty multiplayer online... Like, people can upgrade their guns and get better attachments and better things, right. and you're always getting noob to by the guy with the diamond skins on all of his shit. And, and the BR is more open and free um, as far as the competitive advantage. And right. it's just a, it's a game format that kind of was born out of this intellectual property disagreement between PUBG and Fortnite. And those two were sort of popularizing that format at the time. And so it's right. sort of an open source kind of a format where it's not like like jumping from Halo to Call of Duty to Destiny. That's kind of a those are bigger jumps as far as the mechanics go. Whereas a BR is like if you're good at one BR, you can get good at another one really easily. And a lot of streamers, a lot of professional gamers go from one to the other. They'll play COD because they're supposed to for their fan base because it's such a popular game but then they'll get sick of it and they'll play apex legends for a couple weeks and there's not this massive detriment to their skill level right you know you know you're going right. to parachute in you know you got to loot up you know you got to you know how, how you got to rotate it's sort of crazy how similar they all are in that like they all have the shrinking zone and uh things like that um you know i've just not really gotten super into one yet i'm, I'm way into apex legends still Ape yeah i haven't been streaming it enough but that was my thing i got back into gaming during covid because i really couldn't play music and we've talked about this on the show before but right you know if i never started playing music i would have probably been constantly a really avid gamer yeah you know what i mean throughout my my young adulthood mm -hmm. but i took a massive break because i was spending all my extra money on guitar pedals and and recording equipment and microphones and you know guitar cables and right. uh strings and you know i always wanted to get better amps and um and then i got to the point where i was working full-time i was just throwing all my money at gear and so i could kind of start gaming again when, i mean really with covid it was like i can't i mean i can't go play music it's unsafe so uh, I was really gaming a lot. And Apex Legends is just my favorite. As far, I just like the mechanics and, you know, um, uh, it's not as much wait time in between matches as it is in some of these. Right. Like Super People and COD uh, are really like they it's a long if you get killed, it's a long time until you're back in again, whereas Apex makes it really easy. And, uh, and it's owned by EA, so it's got the budget to sort of uh, right. 
you know, stay patched up and, you know, it's pretty good right now. Oh, cool. You know, I've just always been more into like single player experiences, I guess. That's the thing is like, I, I really lose myself in open world games. Like I did cyberpunk right. during COVID. Yeah. Um, it came out in July, I think. So I took a break from Apex and was doing cyberpunk for several months. Cause you just wanted, you would explore the whole space and, and right. build out all of your, um, you know, characteristics and whatnot and get all the guns and the cars and the, and GTA was sort of a big thing. It's like really losing yourself in an open world thing for several months at a time. Oh yeah. I played quite a bit of GTA five. We both have cats right now. Yeah. I think I got King over here. You got Colonel Hans Landa. Oh, Oh, he's handsome. (laughs) And, um, and so I think that's kind of the thing too, but I think part of the problem with that is like, I think the, the BR things make a lot of money and they're really competitive and really, um, uh, they have a, just a different financial structure. Yeah. And like Pokemon go, I still play Pokemon go every day. I played it on the way here and, uh, that game makes millions of dollars a year. Still people dumping yeah. in money for raid passes and what, and incubators and whatnot. Yeah. And, um, I think BRs are like that too. It's like, well, I mean, I could sell you one Zelda game and then a year later I could sell you $30 with this DLC or I can give you a game that you're going to ooze money into um, every few weeks. You know what I mean? Right. With battle passes and whatnot. And, uh, but all the stuff you get from battle passes and, and the stuff that you buy with those materials, it's all um, cosmetic. Right. You know, you're not buying better weapons. You're not getting better weapon upgrades than anybody else. I just always, I don't know. I wonder if this shift in focus in the gaming industry is like taking away from other things. Like, I don't know. Like the war on drugs? (laughs) No. (laughs) It's like... Oh, I don't know. Like the Elder Scrolls, right? Oh, yeah. Like, so Bethesda, you know, they used to be pretty solid. Like five or six years, you get another Elder Scrolls game. Uh, Now it's been over 10 years since the last Elder Scrolls game, and they've just kept profiting off the same one. And, And since then, you know, they've made this, this shift in their, in their games. Like they did Elder Scrolls online. They did Fallout 76. And tried doing like multiplayer and for games that, in my opinion, have have no business even touching that space. Like it's it's not appropriate. It's just like those games were made to be like these immersive single player experiences. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the th- like I think Halo, the newest Halo Infinite, is trying to play both sides of that line. Yeah, and that like the online, you know. I don't know if it's a, I don't think it's a BR. I think it's a multiplayer deathmatch type thing. I'm not sure, but that's free. But then you can buy the single player campaign mode. Right. That's really immersive and very cinematic. And, and, you know, and we used to spend more time on the single player things just collectively as a populace of gamers. Yeah. Because the online stuff wasn't as, um, readily available it wasn't as fluid right and uh but like red dead redemption 2 or red dead redemption the first red dead redemption yeah so like i got to like 99 percent completion on that thing like i was really scouring i killed all the fucking buffalo i was collecting all the beaver pelts and shit you know what i mean finding all the easter eggs like in gta 3 you had the hidden packages you know what i mean so even if you beat everything you had to scour the map to look for just these little collectibles right and things like that that like i just don't do i'm still in the middle of days gone right now which is a zombie open world thing it's a lot of fun i like it a lot i haven't played that yet but it looks sick but it's also hard for me to get into late at night down here by myself with my headphones on i don't want to be sneaking around in the dark looking for zombies because then i feel like i got one coming up on me that's how you gotta do it then a cat will jump up on my lap it'll be like "Ah!" dude yeah like when i was playing resident evil yeah uh, recently like what was the one i played where you're the blonde guy again and you're in like the resident evil 4 4 yeah probably or is this was this an older game it wasn't super recent um it was probably four resident evil 4 is yeah it came out in like you know two 
early 2000s or something. Probably 04, something like that. Um, and I think they're going to remake it, though, the same way that they, they did remaked, another one with that guy. They did Resident Evil 2. Yeah. With him. Uh, and those remakes are, are really awesome. But yeah. it's weird how those are like that third person over the shoulder. But for those games, it makes sense. Like on PlayStation 1, I had Parasite Eve. Yeah. Which was very much like that. It was sort of a blend of an RPG and sort of a zombie slasher. Yeah. And it's it fits those games, I think. But but then the other... And like on The Last of Us is like that. Days Gone is like that. But then the other Resident Evil games that have come out, like Biohazard 7 and then RE Village, uh, which are still like canon to the universe, but they're first person. Like, still, like, similar things to the other games, you know, like, in, in themes and characters and blah, blah, blah. But I, I don't know what made them do that. It was cool because it was after a playable trailer came out, and then, tragically, that rendition of Silent Hill was canceled, where Norman Reedus was going to be the character model. Oh yeah. That? Yep. Yeah. And then not And then too... he went on to do Death Stranding. Right. And then uh it looks like uh Biohazard 7 kind of became that first person horror genre thing that came out instead. Uh even though a different studio and whatever. I'd like to see more of the Silent Hill games though. Those are very Yeah, weird. I remember reading something about why we haven't seen more of those. And uh, now I think it would be, I think it would be uh, good. Yeah, I think it'd be cool for them to re-explore the original stories, even like getting a remake yeah. of the original Silent Hill and going from there. Uh, it's just that they started making these games that were Silent Hill as the title, but it's like really it could, it's like they just slapped the title on yeah. there. Didn't That's one thing I wanted to talk about today was. The future, you know, last couple of times I've seen you, we've t been talking about ancient history and, you know, the current state of secrecy and, mm -hmm. and with different issues. Like we mentioned, the Sasquatches and the UFOs and the Atlantis Atlanteans. Oh, yeah. And whatnot in ancient Egypt and, you know, uh, the younger Dryas. But, all, you know, I thought maybe it's a good time for us to start talking about the future. Oh. You know, we're talking about NFTs. And how yeah. people are trying to revolutionize um, the art space and the financial uh, infrastructure of the world. And then, you know, we're talking about gaming and kind of where that's going. A lot of people are starting to get the VR headsets. A lot of Oculuses went out for Christmas this year. You know, I, I've been watching Westworld. Yeah. Have you watched it? Yeah. Yeah. So that I've been thinking a lot about, like, the future. and. Maybe what that might look like if we keep going in certain directions. I think that robots are are going to be weird. I think that artificial intelligence is going to be But weird. adding robots to the physical space is less what I see concern about compared to um, how technology is removing us from the physical space. Right. More and more, you know what I mean? People, I mean, with COVID dove way into digital entertainment and delivery of all their goods and services and uh, more so than they had already and so it's kind of forcing along you know now we have the metaverse and a oh, big God. part of the conversation with nfts is how people are also dumping tons of money into digital real estate like if you're a celebrity and you have a space in the sandbox uh digital landscape for example you can sell real estate in your digital uh, interaction space, in your you know metaverse type of thing, some guy paid three hundred thousand dollars to live next to Snoop Dogg in the metaverse. What? Yeah, that's a real story. And so, less about adding technology. Like, I got robots all over my house. I got Alexas and and Roombas and and things, and they have very specific jobs. And oh, did you see the story about the Alexa told the girl to put the penny oh, in the socket? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what so the hell? This apparently this girl had been talking to her Alexa all day and saying, Alexa, I would like to do another challenge. And Alexa would find things on the internet that were labeled as challenges for this girl to do. It's like, oh, you know, it probably started off easy, like, you know, uh pat your head and rub your stomach at the same time. Can we do that? 
Yes. Great. And so over time, she wore Alexa down, and Alexa saw this thing called the Penny Socket Challenge, where you take a fucking penny, put it in an electrical socket, and twist it. I did this to a lamp with a skeleton key when I was a kid and burnt it up. And uh, and so the mom intervenes, as one would, <laughs> and apparently that's the story, is that Alexa was running out of challenges and just saw something that was labeled as a challenge, and there was nothing to flag the Alexa and say, don't tell that baby to do that. And so that what happened. So that's one of those things that, like... You know, when robots get a little too blended into our lives, you know, we, there's things we got to worry about. There's right. things that the AI doesn't always know um, to protect us from. But more so, I see people leaving, abandoning aspects of the physical world, like st other streamers, for example. I notice a lot of them live in apartments where they can have all their food delivered, and there's a gym mm -hmm. upstairs and a pool and a sauna. And so they're not really interested in living in a neighborhood and having out of the home experiences, especially since COVID and I get it. Yeah. Well, people it, but it also like I'm at this point where, you know, I'm trying to re-enter the workforce in a full-time capacity, mm -hmm. uh, much to my chagrin. And I don't necessarily want to buy into being in a wage slave mentality in my relationship with whoever my next employer is, I'd really rather take on a little bit more of the risk and the responsibility and have a little bit less um, micromanagement and control over my daily experience from, uh, from a third party. You know what I mean? And you got to think that um, I used to be, I still am a really socially liberal guy, but I used to really think that, okay, we need to structure government in a way that guarantees people a quality, dignified existence. But here's the thing. They're never going to give us all financial independence. You know what I mean? They're not going to give us fuck you money. Right. You know, the establishment's never going to give us the means to be in control of our own liberty. And so when you look at, okay, so... Is government the answer? Is government not the answer? There are things we want to add to government to protect certain people that have been, you know, disenfranchised or undervalued or whatever, but they're never going to give us enough to be truly free on our own without our own hustle, uh, cranking out some of that freedom, cranking out the, the resources to make some of those choices. And then you look at that at the same time as very, very powerful people who are very anti us mm -hmm. taking any of their resources to contribute to society. They'd rather build rockets and go to space. <laughs> They're also building spaces where we're like, hey, 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 what do you mean money? What do you need money for? Put this headset on, pay the rent, fucking shit in a bucket, and live in the metaverse next to Snoop Dogg. You um, know what I mean? So I'm wary. Wow. And imagine, and this is a conversation that we have to have, and it's unpleasant, and there's words that I don't like to use on the podcast that I have to use. But think about you're a little bit younger than me, so you probably have some insight on this, and I don't want to get overly personal here, but when I yeah. was like in junior high and you know, coming out of puberty and sort of developing into a young adult, uh, there was very little pornography on the internet that was like, like it is now. Now you can watch high-quality, hardcore pornography for free <laughs> on your phone anywhere you go. And if I had had that when I was in sixth or seventh grade, it, I may have had to develop some boundaries with that technology because it may um, not have been good for my brain. I don't think it is good for people's But brains. what about the fucking VR <laughs> pornography that you know is already being developed and now all these kids are getting Oculus headsets for Christmas? What the fuck would that do to your brain, Barry? If you were 12 years old and you had fucking high definition virtual reality pornography in your brand new $900 toy that you just got for Christmas. Are you going to read the book that Mr. V just told you to go home and finish reading? Or are you going to strap into the metaverse next to Snoop Dogg and watch some fucking hardcore high quality 4k fucking nasty? <laughs> I mean, I think that most people <laughs> probably go with the nasty that's what i'm saying dog um, and it makes me worried like when i was teaching junior high i was thinking my god how can i compete 
not just with the pornography, but even if it's just the gaming we were talking about. How can I say, listen, guys, we really have to care about how the cage bird sings. Dude, I, and then they're because they're going because they're trying to hide their phone in their book to play Fortnite in class with me. So what are they left alone to do at home? If that's their impulse that, oh, I can take my phone and I can hide it in this book while we're reading out loud together in class and I can be playing Fortnite on my phone, which happened all the time. What about when they're in their bedroom? And they're alone. And they're supposed to be doing their homework or just not bothering their parents because that's probably the only expectation. I mean, I'd be on another planet in my technology. And so I just worry about people need to get back to the earth. We need to get back to Christ, brother. Jesus. You know, wouldn't that be funny if I was like that? <laughs> um, I told my dad that today. I said, uh, you know, I got to let go and let God. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just got to turn it over. God's going to do it. I don't know what it is yet, but he's going to do it. Can you hand me one of those Diet Cokes? <laughs> yeah. And so that's one of the things I'm like, you know, I'm all for a decentralized financial instrument and, and finding a way for art to have value in that space. I'm all for gaming going as far as, you know, we feel comfortable taking it. Oh, of course with the technology, but, um, but I also worry because kids are some of the first people to end up with these things. Kids are aware of technology as it's emerging. It's kind of made for them because they're not stuck in some primitive experience. And uh, the byproduct of that. I, I think that it started happening when I was a kid for sure. But it's just like it's such an escape you know everything else kind of sucks like when you're in the midwest and like you know you go to school for eight hours and then you go home you can't drive you yeah. if you have a computer like that's pretty much the place to go or your xbox whatever but i remember when i was especially kid, over the last 20 years the technology has gotten more advanced and society has become at least publicly known to be less safe you know what i mean so I kind of lived on both where there were times where I could take off on my bicycle and I could go do whatever. Yeah. And then there were times where, you know, oh, it's late or, you know, it's a dangerous holiday of some kind. So just stay home and we'll just in invest in making home a safer, more fun, more engaging space. But is it safe? Well, we don't fun? limit. We don't consider brain development with those things. And we don't consider the effect that those would have on a developing mind. Or uh, the consequences. And we don't, we certainly don't, I mean, we're not as a society growing as parents at the rate that our parent uh, or that our kids are growing into these new mediums that are so distracting could possibly be destructive. I'm not even saying they inherently are. Right. I mean, I think, you know, moderation and everything is something to be practiced. But I don't know overconsumption of any kind of digital media I think is going to be a, a bit much for your growing brain. It could be any media. It could be like this too, though. I mean, if you're a guy that is spending every waking moment at the art museum, that's a little weird. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. and it could be anything. It could be maybe, um, you know, if you spend too much time on any one thing to the point that it starts to conflict with the rest of your life, that could be a problem. Yeah. It's an addiction. And that could be heroin. That could be Fox racing. Or it could be VR porn. It could be high definition VR pornography. <laughs> you know, I think that that stuff's going to get really weird. There's, uh, there's. I'm listening. Oh, yeah. No, there's like, I don't know, because I've been watching Westworld. I just keep thinking like, all right, people go to this theme park and they do whatever. They kill people and they rape people. And I don't know. It seems like that's kind of where VR is going. It, like, it's like have all the freedom you want in the digital space, and then you're distracted from any of the, the real world challenges or things you should be engaging with socially or politically or but, whatever. But is that the way that that should be handled? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, like I, just because you can create a space where you can live out all your evil fantasies and you're not actually hurting anyone. Is that healthy? Right. You know I, what I mean? I would say no. Also, 
What if AI becomes sentient? Well, and then that's the, I mean, if you want to go that far down, I mean, the rabbit hole on this, that's kind of the next thing is like, at what point do the robots start leading us more into that technology? So, and I just say the robots colloquially, you know, I mean, Skynet, Skynet, so that we, uh, you know, are more submissive. Right. I can't believe that's already an hour. Submit to the robots. Guys, that's another episode of Jacob D. Weekly. High five. We're going to keep going, this going next time I see Barry. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google, whatever. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share. We have an Instagram page for the show at Jacob D. Weekly where you can post uh, or we post exclusive content and now clips and highlights from previous episodes. I mentioned before you can contact the show at Jacob V. Weekly at Gmail. Uh, you can find original music by Jacob V, No Antics, Blinded by Stereo, and Ground Control on all of your streaming platforms. Jacob V's favorite songs on Spotify, patreon.com slash Jacob V. We did it. Be safe.